0: To Ace Podcast Nation, the hottest new podcast network and YouTube channel in the UK, featuring original series, top guests, expert analysts, and more. Check out facebook.com forward slash Ace Cast Nation for news on latest guests and shows. Watch every show in full at youtube.com forward slash Ace Podcast Nation. <coughs> I'm Ben Ellis, Cage Warriors, featherweight. Check out and subscribe to Ace Podcast Nation on YouTube for one of the best fight fight podcasts around and the Danny Batten Fight Show every Wednesday for all MMA news. Hey guys, I'm Sai, and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Danny Batten Fight Show. This is episode number 69 and uh, tonight we're going to be talking the latest MMA and boxing news plus, of course, the momentous UFC 260 from last night. Uh, As usual, you can get the video versions of uh, this show and all the other shows we do at youtube.com slash Ace Podcast Nation. Please do give us a subscribe, click that bell for notifications. You can get the audio versions at all the usual podcast platforms. Just Sir J's Podcast Nation. And there's over 400 shows on various subjects featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So uh, get involved. Follow us on social media and uh, check out some of the various shows we do. But uh, joining me tonight, uh, standing in for the legend that is Danny Batten, is none other than a professional MMA fighter. And as I said last week, some would say the better looking Moons, brother. True. It is
1: true.
0: Mr. Richard Moons. Welcome hey, back, my how friend. Doing? Thanks, have right, you? Back. No worries, mate. Thank you for standing in for Danny while he's in the uh, in the US of A. But um let's get bang into it, mate. Why not? Um this week we had uh Ben Askren and Jake Paul's press conference uh, yeah. on the boxing side of things, which is kind of interesting. It was really it was quite funny. I thought Ben hilarious. Askren I thought Ben Askren was really funny. Um, he just mm. was getting under his skin a lot. Like Jake Pauls, I find him quite irritating, but I understand mm-hmm. that you know people. He's got his fans, lots of them. What one thing I just said to you off air, like which really frustrates me about like the YouTuber and the boxing thing. I'm not against it because they are bringing in pay per view buys. People are paying for it, so you have got to do it. I get that. Mm. As long as it's you know, as long as they're capable of doing it, and it's not putting people in serious danger like as long as they're capable of it and I think he's shown both of the Paul brothers have shown that they've got a certain degree of boxing skill that they're able to do it to a certain level and also you know they can pay for the best training camps available probably in some cases better than some professional fighters so they're always around like UFC stars
1: but they ain't um Paid their dues in the fight games, sort of be there. Not. I mean, they're, they're doing it through their name, which they're made of, making fun it's of Japanese people isn't on it? YouTube. Yeah. Mm. So
0: yeah, it's um one thing which strikes me about it is like we got Billy Joe Saunders versus Canelo coming up, which is a fight I've been really looking forward to, waiting for for years. It was kind of been on and off and on, and off, rumored and rumored. It's finally on that is one of the biggest possible fights you could put on, particularly for a, yeah. a British fighter outside of, you know, the Amy Joshua and um, Tyson Fury. This was kind of the next biggest British fight or British fighter fight you could put on. And barely yeah. anyone's talking about it because they're talking about Ben Askin versus Jake Paul, two people who are not boxers by, by trade. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like, I just hope, for the sake of sanity and sport that Ben Askren wins. I think he yeah. should win.
1: He has but... to do it for, for all of humanity. He has to. Absolutely, um, man. But it's like, no. well, you could see in the, the press conference, it's the first time that I'd seen them actually in the same room together. Jake Paul does have the size advantage and like I know he acts a prat. He's clearly not an idiot, though, because he's making millions from being a prat. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? Um, so you know, he's been smart about it. Like I think he's deluded when he's calling out Conor McGregor and that.
0: One, yeah, of course like, he is.
1: Like he could like he's got size on people like Connor and that, but just come on man. Like you you, you knock out one basketball player and then you think you can start telling like I mean Yeah, ben that Ashton baseball guy wasn't sure it Ben Ben yeah, Ben Ashkin's an Olympian, am I right? Was in
0: yeah, the yeah wrestling he's an Olympic wrestler. Yeah, he's, um, yeah. he's so pretty not, much won not, every wrestling award you could possibly win. Like He is this a proper is, But this is
1: the concerning thing, right? So he's, he's a true athlete. He's, to get to the Olympics is a lifelong pursuit. And he's done it and he's got his medal to prove it. And he's now, like, it's, it's a lifelong pursuit getting to the Olympics. You got through so much heartache and, and, and suffering to get to that goal. And there's some YouTube prat like ridiculing him, and I'm like, yeah. you don't understand what kind of a level of a person you're dealing with. Just yeah, the level out of commitment that is taken. But but they think he's weak just because he got knocked out. He got knocked out yeah. on the UFC. Like this guy's never, this guy has never been like Jake's not been knocked out himself, right? But if you're going to be fighting on the UFC, you're going to know what it feels like. And um, yeah. the fact that he can ridicule him for being knocked out by Jorge Masvidal. Who's incredible, you know, and the guy, you know, but yes, yeah, so this what, what's so dangerous about this is like Ben Askren has the worst boxing, yes, period, right? But he's a he's a world champion MMA fighter nonetheless because his wrestling pedigree is that good. He became a world champion in MMA through his wrestling pedigree, not his boxing pedigree. And here's the big problem we got: if Jake Paul wins this fight. Then the, the majority of the public that don't watch MMA, they're gonna see this YouTube twat knock him out, and they're gonna yeah. be like, ah, well, if he can do it, he, uh, and, yeah, and yeah. it's cause there's a real risk of this happening that he knocks out an MMA world champion because they can't wrestle. But what I'm hoping is like I feel like the playing field is quite even in terms of boxing, right? But what Aspirin brings to the table is that he is really a fighter. Yes. So, as in, for he can get her and keep moving forwards, but Jake Paul seems to be like some sort of spoilt brat. And um, so, let's yeah. How would he, re- he
0: react to getting a big can, shot? How yeah, would he react he to a go broken through, nose?
1: Can because he can knock out Ben Askren, no doubt about that. But can he go through deep water and really call himself a fighter? So I just Ben's got to do it because he's he's protecting the reputation of all these hard-working fighters around the world. Um, but and and basically. Um Jake Paul was just pandering to his own disillusion and the deluded public that watch him so yeah mm. it's, this is why this fight is actually truly fascinating and like and I hate these kind of fights but man I'm tuning in to watch it because of what it means yeah. so it's kind of it's genius at the same time
0: yeah 100% uh, I um, for me one of my worries with regards to Ben Askren is that if he doesn't take the training camp seriously if he writes yeah. it off as, uh, as just a YouTuber you know and He'll it's kind easy of,
1: to do that. Yeah. Because I know, I bet Jake yeah. Hall's training like an animal.
0: Oh, God, gotcha. you know? He's got time, he, he's know, got money.
1: He's, time and money. You know, he's time and he's money is what holds back so many of the greatest fighters, if you know what I mean. And he's got it. Yeah. So there's nothing really standing in his way apart from his own
0: stupidity yes. of winning the fight. Yeah. Like, It'll be interesting, like if Ben Askren was to catch him with like a big shot or a big flurry, and he was to end up with a bro Jake Paul gets his nose broken or he gets bloodied yeah. up. That's when you see like how will he react to that? Because mm. some people, you know, when they do get smashed up for the first time, they don't react yeah. well to it. They panic a bit. Yeah. And it's, there's a fascinating side to it. Like you mentioned Conor McGregor. Like for me, Conor McGregor showed enough against Floyd May Mayweather from a boxing point of view to me. That he would absolutely yeah. decimate Jake Paul in a boxing match. And oh, yeah. you know, I don't need and it's not even worth talking about MMA in terms of Jake Paul or Logan Paul or any of these guys. There's yeah. a reason why Floyd Mayweather wouldn't fight MMA against Conor McGregor. There's a reason yeah. why none of these guys would go into the MMA side of things because they'd yeah. get destroyed within thirty yeah. seconds. But you can you can especially is... boxing you can hide behind. Not having giant gloves, yeah, and they've got the big gloves. I am. I agree with you. It's fascinating to see where it goes. I hope Ben Askren wins, and I think if I again, I said to you just before we started, I think if Ben Askren does win, then we'll probably see Ben Askren versus Jake uh, Logan Paul, unless when Logan Paul has his exhibition with Floyd, like unless Floyd completely like embarrasses him. If that's this, the case, then he loses a bit of his luster in terms of having. This fight can
1: um, this fight can change the fight game for better or for worse. And like oh, God, we're seeing yeah. a lot of these ridiculous sort of um, exhibition fights, and there's like fame MMA going on now where they get celebrities to fight each other. I, hate that. I really And don't the thing: like if, fame, if, if Drake has an MMA fight, everyone, he would sell more pay per views than Conor McGregor ever could dream. Because mm. people decide to see Drake either knock someone out or be knocked out. And it doesn't matter yes. then about the art form. And this is, the, this is the thing, like fighting is a very human thing and we all love it. You see a fight on the playground at school, no one breaks it up. They all gather around mm. and chant it. So, so fighting is for everyone. Everyone loves it. So I'm happy to watch anyone fight. But when we're talking about MMA, we're talking about artistry and fame MMA and these silly fights with the Paul brothers are taken away from the artistry a little bit, so yeah, yeah.
0: it'd be and nice if they got it. put to bed, put to bed. <laughs> yeah, them, really, and it, it needs to be done. It, yeah. Um, onto the MMA side of things, uh, yeah. it was announced that Downhill has got a, a fight coming up, um, mm-hmm. which I'm really, uh, really interested by because I think it's a, quite a tough fight for him. Uh, he's yeah. fighting on uh, UFC Fight Night One Eight Eight. Uh, he's in the main event against Daniel uh, Marvin Vittori. Um, okay. uh, yeah. On April the tenth, that is quite a tough fight for me. Uh, yeah. Vittori's just coming off beating uh, Jack Hermanson last year. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, Darren Till I think has had a couple of fights called off as well. It's going to be super interesting because yeah. Vittori's no mug, and I yeah. think I think Darren Till for me. It's a top level fighter like he really yeah. is but mm-hmm. i think some people think that he's got something to prove i don't um uh, his last fight in the ufc was against robert Whitaker, was a yeah a five rounder and that was his lost his first bout at middleweight but i'll be watching it interest really good yeah. interest yeah um mm-hmm. fought at, Adesanya good. as well yeah. before which is, uh, uh, another Vittori, like I know
1: Patori, but I don't. I've not sat down and picked this fight. apart. Yeah. Like, is he is he preferred the striking or the grappling more?
0: Uh, I think off the top of my head, I believe he's more of a like a, a grappler. I think. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's he can do a bit of both. From what I, can I remember, I feel like we'll
1: we we'll get like a really good striking, a nice kickboxing matchup. But I don't. If, but I don't see Darren still taking it to the ground. He has got you know, he's he's got power in his hands, so we wanna keep it on his feet. But I'm not I can't mm. quite say what Vittori will want to do. So yeah, it's an interesting fight. No, it is I'd for sure. Like they got it. they're
0: really well matched up as well, like height, mm. weight. uh Darren Till's got like a half inch weight uh, reach mm. advantage. He's got he's one year older. This they're both six foot like yeah. they like uh, Darren Till's records eighteen, three and one. Vittori's record sixteen four and one. Yeah, they're really quite well matched. And from that side of
1: it, has to deal with like another level of pressure because of like his superstardom. You know what I mean? He's just charismatic and like he's as good as all the other fighters and all brilliant and that. But some of them just stand out more. And Till's one that stands out more. More eyes are always on him, even though you know he'll he'll win, he'll lose. Like, but he's always got more eyes on him and interested in his fights. And I imagine. For that reason, he often deals with more pressure than his opponents.
0: Yeah, I you think so. I mean? yeah, Cause after think the Donald Cerrone win, him. they
1: really tried to put him on, didn't they? Um, mm. And it was a lot of pressure by early, I thought. Um, and then so, and then the Maswell. Yeah, Vittori, fight, everywhere so he I've he just loved, Vittori's
0: down as a striker, like as his main sort of discipline, if you like. Yeah. So that's going to be a very, very interesting fight. Um, mm. You know, I'm hopeful to see it as a as a Welshman and a Brit, I'm hoping that Darren Till is the, 100%. you know, brings it home. But, um, some would say, uh, maybe a risky fight, but I suppose it's, you gotta, to, gotta take these big fights. There's no yeah. easy fights. Is there yeah. in, um, Every fight's a there's no easy fights is there at all. Yeah. Uh, so I've just looked on ESPN and they've got him down as Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Uh, okay. As his main yeah. discipline, so uh, that's what I thought yeah. was that he was more grappling side. But then I saw these
1: stands. I think we will get, we'll get a good kickboxing fight, you know, because if if his strong point is his grappling, you're going to be sure that Till will be working his counter wrestling to keep the game in mm. his court. So I feel like I, I can't I, I can't call the fight, but I feel like we're going to get a nice kickboxing exchange.
0: Yeah, um, and Darren Till, yeah. whilst he's predominantly a striker, he um, you know, he's very good on the ground as well. So, like, it's not like he's going to, you know, he would struggle if he gets in certain situations. Whereas, you know, there's other fighters who are predominantly strikers who want to stay away from that sort of situation. I think Till is capable of wrestling um, and whatnot. Uh, Quickly on uh, Tyrone Woodley, which we'll talk about his fight in just a minute. His Mm. contract with the UFC is up. Dana White Uh was not particularly uh, positive. About him having no. a new deal, uh, Tyrone Woodley put an Instagram post up. Just said things were going really well until they weren't. He said his yeah, camp was were. good. He said um, he saw an opportunity for a knockout, got excited, paid the cost. Don't yeah. regret the aggression. Um, it's what God created him um, for. And he said it was he an was honor liking... to share the cage.
1: Yeah, I like Woodley a lot. I feel like he's um, he's the most unappreciated world champion ever. Do you know what I mean? Like he's he's held that yeah. world championship belt, and he just yeah, and then you start losing is, some top level guys. But you, do you know what I mean? Like when yeah, when you he, get it was, the was world that title, one fight
0: when he had the title? Who did he fight? Where he fought him twice? Yeah. It was a Wonder Boy, and he fought him twice yeah. in a row, and they were like the yeah, most boring, boring fights. fights.
1: They but just killed was,
0: any appreciation or momentum he had. But he knew he was like, in there they, with
1: a killer, and he had to play it that way. I think. Yeah, I
0: do as well. I think if, mm. if he had done what he had done previously in his other yeah. fights, he would have got knocked out. So he tried yeah. to adapt. Um, but Dana White said yesterday, Tyron Woodley, thirty-nine years old, he's lost four in a row, and he just sort of went, "Yeah," and didn't say anything else. So yeah, yeah I think he's been be a Second. good signing for Bellator, though. I think a big, yeah, a big 100%. good, a big name. Um, yeah. But hey, let's get into UFC 260. Um, so we're going to focus on the main card, but there's two fights I want to just touch on. We'll talk about Modestus's fight uh, yep. in a minute, which is uh, obviously we'll talk about that in detail. But um, Khabib's cousin, uh, Abu Bakar, I think is pronounced, versus uh, Jared um, oh, I uh, Gooden. Yeah. Um, it was 30 27 across the board, um, and I thought. Uh, N- Nomega Madoff was Brilliant. supremely impressive.
1: Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. he, uh, he dominated. You know, he had Khabib in his corner, and uh, I thought he just dominated from start to finish. Um, yep. And it was a good sort of uh, a good way to increase his stock in uh, in within the UFC. Yeah. You know, he, short of finishing the fight, there wasn't much more he could do. Um. He just dominated the fight overall. That's it. Um, Was there anything which stood out for you from it?
1: Well, um, yeah, it was a dominant performance from right Abu Bakar. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it's a hard name, Abu Bakar. um, Yeah, and he's just outboxed him really. Like he was just holding the center of the cage, holding it and doing damage. Right, and um, Jared Jared Gooden, he just had his hands down, and like Mm. there's nothing. There's no right and wrong in MMA. If you feel better fighting with your hands down there can be advantages to it, but he had his hands down whilst moving backwards all the time, lots of foot movement, and he's spending lots of energy moving around and getting no return on the energy he's spending. So it was quite simple for Abu Bakar. Like I'd never seen him fight before, and I think, oh, Habib's cousin, going to be a great wrestler. He, he goes out there yeah. round one, boxes him nicely, and he doesn't have to change the game plan at all between rounds, other than keep winning. And it was just like, Creep forward, box him up, creep forward, box him up. He was landing nice kicks as well. But he had proper form, was moving forwards and attacking. And Jared was doing lots of nice movement, but just moving away to try and not get hit. And he's he's not... It wasn't counter footwork. Do you know what I mean? He's just footworking away. Mm. And he's not, doing, he's not delivering strikes back. Um, and he's got his hands down. And that's why um, and the Mega Medoff is just landing clean shots. Yeah. Just clinical boxing done the job for him. And it was an amazing performance.
0: 100%. Um, And then we also had, uh, obviously, the reason why Danny is in uh, the US of A. Uh, He was out there with Modestus Bukowskas, uh, who lost by a split decision to uh, Michelle Oilik I think that's how you pronounce it, but we'll call him Michelle or Mikhail. Um, I thought it was a really good fight. Really i good. thought fight turn, won. Really great fight i really thought modesta's won and i i know some people might feel that oh you know you're gonna say that or you're biased but i, I genuinely thought modesta's won the fight um but you know he can hold his head high, high. it was a split yeah. decision when you when it goes to a judges it's kind of it's in the judges hands yeah but I thought overall Modestus corrected a few little errors from the Jimmy Crute fight. I thought he showed he had a great chin again. He showed that he has got a good gas tank. And for a big, big guy, his his footwork is real, real top level. And, um, yeah, I thought he was really good from fighting, you know, out of reach. Uh, Mikhail was trying to pour on the pressure constantly, but Modestus was getting off the, the cleaner shots, the better shots the more yes. significant strikes throughout the fight. Um, the one thing I think I would have liked maybe to see from Modesta's a bit was to use his wrestling, superior wrestling skills, because yeah. I feel like that could be the difference from the judge's different. point of view.
1: It was close. And like, when it's close, one takedown is very significant. Um, mm. but I, I thought it was a brilliant fight. I was like on the edge of my seat, like I loved it. And, um, so, what what I said about Gooden before, like, Mo, like, he needs to learn from Mo. Like, Mo was moving around on the outside a lot, landing strikes. Do you know what I mean? Landing yeah. kicks, landing clean jab crosses. Like, it was brilliant. Um, and then I can't, I really struggle with the other guy's name. Ole, Olegic. Just call him um,
0: Mikhail. We'll I just call him
1: Oleg. Oleg, for like, sure. But, um, mm. you know, it was close. He was just creeping forward and holding the centre of the cage. But it was it was an even battle. Um, it was round one, which Mo rocks him. Yeah, that was good to see. Um, spinning attacks, like you always get a nice variety of strikes from Modestus. That's why he's exciting. Like you don't see many heavyweights throwing like reverse back kicks and hook kicks like that. Yeah. So that's why Mo's such an exciting fighter. Um, and it's got in that he didn't get the W. But I really think with that kind of performance, it is only a step forward. It's people, yeah, more eyes on him. You know, you know, Dana White is going to be pleased regardless of the decision. Dana White is going to be like, "You're the man." That's that's some that's some good stuff there. We want more of that on the UFC. So, like, I feel for you, Mo. Like, it's just it's gutting not having your hand raised and coming home and saying like, "Yes, I won." But like, man, like he still won, doesn't matter, like,
0: the yeah.
1: One. it's, and it's like, um, well, I was going to say something else, but then it cut out a bit there, um, yeah, like, you know, coming back from the Kruitz fight, he just, he just, he just showed it all, um, like round three, when he ate that body shot, and, um, Oleg, he didn't even notice, do you know what I mean, like, because of how composed Mo was, it was mm-hmm. just super exciting, so, yeah, I I hope he's not, I hope he's not like bugged about the score because the score doesn't actually matter. The performance was incredible. That's really all that matters. So, you know, the truth
0: will be that it was a sick fight. Absolutely. And I mean, like the one thing which stood out for me with that body shot in the last round was it was a big, big shot and it clearly hurt Modestus, but he kept his composure. He circled around and sort of stayed with out of reach. And me and Danny have talked a lot about fight IQ on the show, or you know, many shows and being able to adapt and 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 react to situations Mm. in a split second, whether offensively or defensively. And ultimately when Modestus took that big body shot, Modestus reacted quickly Mm. and Mikhail didn't, he didn't notice it, and he didn't capitalise on it because it was was such a good shot to the ribs.
1: It was like a liver shot, wasn't it? He backpedalled a bit to get out of range, out of range to a slightly safer zone. But often, like, when people eat a shot like that, they always got to move out of range. But what happens is when they move out of range, the opponent realises, oh, the hurt, that's why they're doing it. But he he disguised it really nicely. He, He stepped out of range so he wasn't taking any more damage. But Oleg didn't really notice what damage that body shot done,
0: so it was great. Yeah. And he, was I great. feel like if he had noticed, he could have really followed it up with some big shots. Yeah. that was his chance. Yeah. Um, I thought uh, Modesto's added a couple of really nice head kicks as well, mm-hmm. um, and I thought he used like a front, the sort of front kick, teek kick, yeah. quite well as well, intermittently and, throughout and, the fight. End of round two really stands out for me. Yeah, and I, the, the, I ultimately, the sequence
1: of events after that up elbow, that was really flashy, like... Just really nice, funny. wasn't it? Yeah.
0: Um, and I, you could tell by the commentators, like Cormier and Joe Rogan really enjoyed mm. the fight, and you could tell they were quite impressed with some of the adaptions that Modestus had made from the yeah. Jimmy Crute fight, which is always a good indicator as well. Yeah. Yes, he didn't get the win. Hopefully, he's not too disappointed because mm. I think... He'll be keen, is he, if he hasn't got any injuries, he'll be keen to get back in there relatively quick, I yeah. think, to, just to put the, the win column right. He shouldn't be
1: disappointed because, kind of like what sometimes what the judges say is a, in a great fight, uh, basically that's something outside of his control. So I hope he's not, yes. um, doesn't get too down about it. And he's just got to tell himself, mate, that's great. And it's only up. You know, he needs to go into his next fight with that victory energy behind it because
0: that's what it is yeah yeah just got to take that mentality in with him hasn't he um so the first fight on the main card was jamie malarkey versus karma worthy um Mm. two pretty hyped fighters in terms of their reputations and stuff and i gotta say i thought jamie malarkey was uh was really impressive um it wasn't a very long fight but a couple of minutes or so but like Jim and Malarkey put Karma Worthy to sleep. Um, yeah. It was really weird the way he went down as well. And I was thinking when I watched it, I've never seen someone, or I can't remember the last time I've seen someone when they've got caught, like fall down forwards like that. And then I think... Oh,
1: he just folded forwards, didn't he? Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. His legs
0: just... Like his nervous system or whatever, his legs just yeah. hit him right on the button and his legs just went from him. Yeah. But... They're those knockouts, aren't they, which as a fighter coming into the UFC, when you get those knockouts, they're the ones that get your attention and and Carmel Worthy has had his first share of knockouts mm. being given them. So um yeah. you know, Jamie Malarkey yeah. will be very pleased. Anything you nice were, sort of noticed about this one?
1: Uh no, you know what? It was um it was over really quick. I'd not actually seen either of these guys fight before. Um so <laughs> Uh, I got notes, and it's just like, this is a mean lead left hook. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it was great, and um, there's not a lot to say about it. I would I would critique it, critique it more, but I don't actually know the fighters. So, other than that, yeah, it's, I think, it was um, an awesome knockout.
0: Like, Jane Malarkey's got a bit of hype behind him, and Karma Worthy was on, a I can't remember what was, streak was, three or four fights of knocking people out quite comfortably, and then... Mm. I think he lost his last fight, and then this yeah. one has not gone the way he would have planned. But ultimately, in the, it's fighting, and when you get hit on that button, yeah, y- your body does what it does, and like,
1: same. He's a worthy opponent,
0: uh, <laughs> oh, but like, that was terrible, mate. Come on, <laughs> I thought it was You're good. better than that. Okay, cool. You're better than that. Come on. <laughs> no, the um, Jamie Malarkey, Like ultimately, I just think from Karma Worthy's point of view, he shouldn't be too downhearted about that. Like, even if he, you know, even if you, even if you could take a punch, sometimes, even if you've got a good chin, like sometimes you just get one where your body goes and his legs went from him. So it was mm. it was kind of one of them. Um, yeah. Next up was Miranda Maverick versus Gillian Robertson. Uh, Robertson drank 15, uh, but Maverick picked up the win Unanimous decision yeah. thirty twenty seven thirty twenty seven twenty nine twenty eight. Um, uh, this is the one fight I haven't seen on the main card, so um, uh, yep I've I rely on you a little bit for this one. I'm going to put it on the screen now. Just so yeah. like
1: it's a great but fight. Got- um, so round one was pretty much just like all kickboxing exchange, and I've not seen much of um Robertson's striking because mm. she's just she's when, when it goes to ground she's levels above all of her opponents. Um. So, I was super excited for this fight because I'm a big fan of Robertson. Um, I just love the jiu jitsu, you know? and um, Yeah, yeah. It was kick- kickboxing fight, I can't really say too much on round one, like as to, because it was even. Do you know what I mean? They were both striking well. And I thought Gillian's bo- kickboxing looked really good. And she had displayed a lot of that. Um, so, I'd say round one just goes to um, Miranda. And then in round two, um, Gillian takes it to one of the judges, right? Round two was dominant for Gillian, and one of the ja- judges scored it against her, um, mm. which is some very dodgy ju- judging going on. But anyway, so round two, mm. um, classic Gillian. She, uh, in one of the striking exchanges, takes um, um, Miranda's back. She's got a gable grip along the waist. She pulls her down to ground, so sits her down onto like butterfly hooks. And then yeah. uh, from the back take, it, it's, it's a beautiful round to watch. There's so many great transitions because Miranda is a world-class grappler as well. So Gillian's constantly, when it goes to ground, Gillian is constantly on the attack and she's moving, transitioning. And she's there's so much going on because Miranda is really, is constantly trying to elevate her, elevate the hips and that. And um, she keeps Gillian working. But like basically for this round, Gillian mauls her and she gets the back and she's got like a, a choke attempt it wasn't close but Mm. the attempt was there so it was just dominant grappling from um, Jillian now round three is interesting round three was exactly pretty much the same but the other way around so what happens in round three is um Miranda takes Jillian's back and then takes her to school on the ground in round three so it's a really exciting fight it was brilliant and um yeah a good decision victory for Miranda and um it was just a great fight um, from both. I just found it quite interesting how I was thinking, like, in, when I was watching it, I was like, okay, Gillian needs to get this to ground. Miranda needs to keep it on the feet. But what Miranda did was she did exactly what Gillian did in round two. Yeah. Gillian. It was, so, yeah, it was a good fight. Really I was just uh, i
0: just put it on my screen now just to have a quick look at it and some of the grappling exchanges between the two and the latter two rounds looks very like good exceptional yeah like really good, very good. some proper high class uh, high class jujitsu and stuff so you know yeah. I, I might watch that one back in full a bit later um it's good next was my favorite fight of the night just simply because I really really enjoy watching this gentleman uh Sean o'Malley Versus uh, Thomas Almeida, what a yep. fight! What Sean O'Malley is a special, special talent, mate. Yep, really special. He, um, he just—I thought it was quite like it was a good fight, but I thought O'Malley was relatively yep. dominant all the way through, um, and it finished with Sean O'Malley uh, mm. went in in the third round, three minutes fifty-two of the third round via mm. a KO. Um, like, am I being a bit biased because I'm a big Sean O'Malley fan or was he as impressive as I think? No,
1: it's fully impressive. Like, um, he looked um, levels above Almeida, like, levels above him. They, it kind of looked like – like, Almeida's – it's strange because Almeida, like, there was a time where he was the next big thing. and because yeah. um, he so he's, he's fully rated. That's it, and he's just sort of – there, a lot of that hype is just gone from him after a few losses, isn't it? And and Amali's hmm. had just the one loss, um, and but Amali, uh, I honestly think is um genius, and I think you see it in his striking. There's like um, there's something really genius about him, and it's hard to explain. But I'll I'll, I'll, I'll give you a few points in what I see. Um, but you know, he knows he's got to be a showman to win the fight. So round one was wicked, like. Uh, so uh, so, Amadi showed such great heart because he 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 was nearly out of it in round one, and then um, I totally get what Mali did. Like it's so much more impressive to one punch him and get that walk off KO. Like, it's yeah. to be honest, that's that's more money in the bank. Do you know what I mean? That's highlight real stuff. And um, he thought I could get that right now, but um, and it was it was actually a great call by the judge, uh, the referee. So the referee could have stopped it at that point, but as Amali didn't follow up. And Almeida was quick to recover. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was good. And then it was just another, another element of drama to the fight. But um, so Almeida looked good. You know, just, it was just hanging in there, really. let um, see what notes I got for round two. So, yeah, Almeida's just keeping it clinical. But Amali's just doing loads of stance switching, constantly changing it up. And when I watch Amali fight, he feels like there's in no way is he limited in his body. Like, he can express whatever movement he wants to express. Whereas whenever you watch other fighters, you'll be like, oh, the footwork's a little bit stiff. They're, they're too, some fighters are actually too muscular, where the, mm. the muscular physique um, will limit them. But with O'Malley, he's, he's like a bean sprout. He's really skinny, but packs power. So he can move mm. in so many unorthodox ways. So for him, being skinny and humongous in the weight division is his true advantage. Um, but... You uh, you must have noticed, and this is how Amali's got a few of his knockouts before he does this quick look away. You watch when he looks away, and then delivers the cross. And he's not some clean out with that cross um, with this little look away. And this what I mean when I say um, I'm saying this to my friend. I honestly think that Amali is slightly telepathic in terms of when he fights. He somehow, with just subtle cues and fakes, and that he actually gets into his opponent's mind. And what he does, he does this trick where he looks away really quick. And I've seen, seen him knock someone out with this before. I don't know who it was. This was on the um, Contender Series. He looks away and the guy freezes like a deer in the headlights. Then he delivers the cross. It's such a subtle thing he does, the, the look away. And he's done it a lot of times in that fight. He'll do a look away, deliver the cross. And that little head movement he does, it, it freezes them. It's really clever, really clever. Yeah. But he does it so quick that a lot of people don't notice what he's doing. And that that uh, that huge bomb from ground and pound to finish was savage. Yeah, it was cool. a great fight. I'm a big, I'm a huge O'Malley fan, massive fan.
0: I just like his crea- his creativity and um, like his striking is so fluid. Like and it, one of the things which I just never and um, failed to be impressed by is how quick his footwork is. There was a couple of times where O'Malley had kind of circled him around, so he was almost against the fence and he just did yeah. like a little faint to the left and then skipped out to the right and he was gone yeah. and he was out of that what could have been you know not a massively tricky position but not where he wanted to be so he was out there as quick as you quick as you like um yeah a couple of nice spin kicks there was one in the first round which was really good but he's striking so fluid um in the second round Almeida did get him down briefly from a he got him with a yeah. really stiff leg kick but he just couldn't couldn't yeah. get hold of him couldn't do anything with him and Omadi just yeah. looks so relaxed And he well at all points yeah looks just like loose and um i think like fluid and creative and like that's the... why he's
1: so quick as well
0: yeah i um... tension in his body who would you like to see o'malley fight next
1: Ah, see, I'm trying so, to think. I've got a fights so I'd like him to see in the featherweight division because I think he could fight them. Like, I'm I'm talking super fight here. I'd love to see him yeah. fight Zabit. Zabit. Um, yeah, that would um, be a good um, one. Ma- Mariy Uh yeah, Like yeah. that, yeah, I, like I'm that. just watching them too. They're they're very similar, but um, Zabit's featherweight, isn't it? And O'Malley's bantamweight. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it's a fight that couldn't happen. Um, like, yeah, there's the thing, right? right. Um, O'Malley's such a superstar. Is it about getting that belt round his waist, or is it about having the super fights? Mm.
0: Do you know
1: what I mean? Because being the UFC world champion doesn't mean you're the biggest draw, if you know what I mean. And sometimes yeah, yeah. Being, know, the champ- being the UFC champion isn't actually the best deal you can get. I mean, like, look at Conor McGregor, do you know what I mean? Um, like, yeah, I know never what you never defended successfully defended a belt. But it's, it's... So, yeah, I want to... It's a dream fight is to see him fight Zabit.
0: So, nah, Sean O'Malley's a, not even in the rankings. Uh, is he, he is what? bantamweight, isn't he? Sean O'Malley's bantamweight, uh, yeah, isn't he? Bantamweight, yeah, he's bantamweight. Yeah, so he won't be in the featherweight rankings. But no, he's, he's a very big bantamweight.
1: bantamweight. What? No way.
0: Uh, he's not in the be. top 15, No, That's what I thought. Okay. Um, Maybe it's the, is...
1: the calibre of opponents he fought.
0: Yeah. So... If we take out the super fight with Zabit, like I was thinking, someone up in the top ten, like. But if he's not in the rankings, it's almost like they might give him someone a bit lower down. Um, like you a cash got, cow, like, uh, uh, like I wouldn't mind seeing him against like a Jimmy Riviera or someone like that, or a, yeah. or a uh, Mir- Mirab Dishvali. That would be like mm. quite a good mix-up of styles. Um, yeah. You don't want the- to see him fight a
1: wrestler because.
0: Want no, to the fight, fight uh, I want to see, i got to say, thinking. the fight I want to see personally, I'd like to see Kobe, uh, Cody Garbrandt versus Sean O'Malley, and I know that they probably yeah. won't do that because O'Malley's not in the rankings and yeah. Garbrandt's ranked four, but uh, that's the fight I would like to see. That would be uh, good. Makes sense, I think. But but yes, uh, Sean O'Malley with an impressive victory, and yeah, you're right, the finishing shot was brutal. Um. He did say afterwards. One of the journalists asked him in the post re, uh, the post press conference scrum. Uh, they asked him, "Was the shot after the referee stopped it necessary?" And O'Malley basically said, "Probably not." But
1: well, yeah, think about it. Like in round one, O'Malley was over. Like, like could have stopped it in round one, and he chose to try and get the walk off KO. So, like, yeah. like with that last shot. You know, after what happened in round one, he's like, no, I've got to get the job done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, like, just to make
0: sure. Yeah.
1: So, he kind of, like, can't blame him
0: for that. Yeah, I think so. Like, like I just watched it again. Like, Almeida's finished before that shot. Like, he's yeah. already down. But the referee is not stepping in. He's not stopping yeah. it. He's got yeah. He's got to do that. He's got yeah. it. Yeah. Like, is it unnecessary? From a like should the should the referee have stopped it? Yeah, probably. What, what happens in round one to me proves that it was necessary. Yeah, absolutely. If he hasn't done that, you're in the third round as well, by the way. So if he, if he hasn't have hit that shot which ultimately finished it, then that referee was gonna let it go, and then it goes to the <laughs> judge's scorecard, and then it's out of your hands. Um, yeah. so he has to finish it for me. He has to go and do that shot. He's a brutal knockout. Um, next up was Tyrone Woodley, who had, was already uh, on a three-fight with losing streak, uh, fight, fighting uh, Vincent Luque. Oh, Jesus. Um What did you make of this yeah. one, mate? Because um, okay. I thought it was a very, very enjoyable fight to watch. Yes, but it started
1: off really well. bit of a sad um, way for Tyrone
0: to finish his yeah. UFC
1: career. I can see how the finish come about. So, tyrone was really feeling his um power hand the backhand he felt it and it felt strong he throws it immediately and gets double unders from there so from throwing it, he gets a strong position off the bat so he was he was basically there's a lot to say about it, but tyrone was being over aggressive it was working but the things about being too aggressive you do get countered so he keeps throwing that right hand because it was good it was a deadly right hand it makes sense to keep throwing it because all you've got to do is land it right but mm. he gets countered by um, Luque's cross do you know what I mean because he's so committed to landing his right hand just it was it he just got countered it kind of got a little bit readable he weren't he weren't setting up that power hand um, so when he come out it seemed like the right thing to do Over, uh, a big overhand to to um, double unders that's classic wrestling Right, um, and I think he just was enjoying that power hand too much. Like he wasn't using his jab, he wasn't using much head movement. But if he landed that right hand, that could have been the win. Um, but of course, if if your opponent isn't giving you much variety of techniques, then it could be quite easy to look for the counter. If you know what I mean? Yeah, so,
0: yeah, hundred percent.
1: Yeah. So I think that was yeah. it. So um Vincent had felt that right hand a few times and then in his head he got a, a plan to, to stop it.
0: Like obviously we discussed what Tyron Woodley said afterwards about he went for the, you know he went for the finish and he was aggressive yeah. and he got caught. Like crazy it was, crazy is how it was a mistake? out on
1: his feet though, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, is Sorry. it a mistake? Did he make a mistake, Richard, or did he just get caught by a superior grappler? Um,
1: he didn't make a he got caught, really. It was it was his opponent's,
0: like... There was a knee just before that it, it, which wobbled him. Yeah. Yeah. Before he... It was, put cross, the choke, it, was it was that cross was like that, that, that really,
1: knee. in my head, that sort of really put the sequence, like, got him on... Like, he was out on his feet, effectively. Yeah. And then... But he held it together really well. Like, he was out on his feet for a long time. He was like, uh, I didn't know what was standing him up. And he... Hmm. It was incredible. It, it was like... How long was he standing on his feet for when he after eating that shot? It was it was pretty, it was crazy. Like, it was um, like proper drama. You knew he weren't going to make it, but um. So setting up, he's like leaning lean against, was, was literally leaning
0: against the cage because yeah. he got rocked. But just I don't think he made a huge Tyron- mistake, Wh- but he could have done yeah, better. Yeah, Tyron Woodley hits a massive right hand, like a massive one, which connects, and then yeah. just after that, then uh, Luke hits him with that cross you mentioned, yeah. and then. For about fifteen, just under fifteen seconds, he mm. kind of leans against the cage, not doing a lot, and then yeah. he gets taken As soon as he's down from that knee, he goes down. He gets the choke in, and he yeah. he does look like he's mm. he does he fights against it, yeah. but I think the damage yeah. he took on his feet meant that he wasn't
1: mm. perhaps yeah. thinking
0: as sharply as he would have been. Um, so and once it, once it mistake, was in,
1: what I'd say the mistake was. Is that he was banking, like Tyrone was banking on landing the right hand, if you know yeah. what I mean? And then like, when that he didn't wasn't look from well, so what he, would say whereas
0: when that when you watch Amali, O'Malley, really
1: O'Malley will tease it. He will tease the shot. He'll throw a bit of this, a bit of that, throw some panache, and then get that killer shot. He's not just, because most of the time, O'Malley knocks people out with his right hand, but he's thrown a dozen smoke screens before Mm, that that. and that's how he lands it it's not he doesn't just throw it he tricks them first there's no trickery with what um tyrone does It's just he's got an iron will to win he's an incredible athlete he's a strong wrestler um so yeah that's that's well fully enough
0: if i had to give one criticism of mo from last night i'd say there was a couple of times where he tried to load up a bit too much with a couple of his shots um and it will actually, when he, as well. when he looked, um, when he looked a bit more relaxed and was just going from distance and hitting those kicks and strikes, yeah. he looked a lot better. And I felt like in that moment, Tyrone Woodley. I don't know whether he was getting a bit gassed or what it was, but because yeah. obviously you, it was a good fight, wasn't it? It was really back and forth. And he, when he goes for that big right hand, he puts everything into it. And it does connect, yeah. but Luque just eats yeah. it. And then obviously he hits the cross and the knee and yeah. and it's game over. Like, tell us, mate, like how hard is, it, that is a choke like that, the way Luque's got that choke on? How hard is that to get out of, even once if you on, weren't out on your feet? like Once it's on, it's hard to get out of. It's because like with the
1: chokes, right, with pretty much all chokes, once they are... On the escape is really, really tricky. It's, it's like that. Your opportunity to opportunity to escape is in the transition. Is as they're setting it up, and because yeah. um, Tyron Woodley is, he's he's. It was a great idea to go for this choke because he's, he's, very much unconscious as, um, as um, Luke, um sets the choke up. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So he couldn't quite counter what was happening, and once it was wrapped up. Yeah, there's no escaping it. So it's like you gotta with submissions, it's as they set it up, there's your opportunity to escape. It's like the same with the arm bars. Once the arm bar's on, to get out of it often you have to be freakishly strong. Okay. Yeah. So it's like it's as the making all the adjustments to then put it on.
0: So yeah. That's it. Indeed, mate. I thought I thought it was a lovely finish to a, a really, really exciting round of fighting. And then we're on to the main event, mate. of Francis Ngannou, yeah. the number one contender, versus Stipe Miocic, the champion. I really the heavyweight felt... championship, mate. Yeah. We said last week that it was either going to be a Francis Ngannou KO or Stipe mm-hmm. would win. I yeah. was surprised that we had we had the KO. Mm-hmm. Not surprised by that, but I was surprised that it came in the second round and not the first. Basically, yeah. Um, but what did you make of this fight and, and the performance it of both was great. Men? It was great. Great. Like, so,
1: um, Garnu, I've never thought his boxing was tidy before. Mm. I'd like to criticise him. It's like unfair. But, um, like, oftentimes, he's just swinging. And he's got that much power that once he connects, whatever else happened in the fight doesn't matter. But, like, it's a world title fight and it's a guy that's beaten mm. him before. And he was just his boxing was really clinical. So he was he come into the fight packing all this Enganu power, but with precise clinical boxing behind it. And um, yeah. there's a few there's a few things that I want to talk about. One is um, Miochik at the very start of the fight. That handshake it was a bit off to me, right? So you know the 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 sport is all about respect, but that handshake was a little bit like please don't kill me. Do you know what I mean? It was a bit <laughs> over the top, and I know. I know they fought before but MeaTic kind of showed him too much of his cards so and, and you can see and respect. of course it, I think it's a horrible rematch for him to have because of like that godly power that he's got is insane like and it's so the, he he showed his fear with that handshake and I didn't like that because yes it's all about respect but end of the day the guys there to take your health and take your money you take don't have belt. to show them yeah don't show them any respect until the fight's over a touch of gloves is all that's needed and it was too much that handshake i know it's a little thing but actually it was a little thing that meant a lot and you can see from the Psychologically, yeah and then the other huge moment of the fight and this was a huge moment was the first takedown that ingano stuffed mm, yes because we all knew that mia had to get it to the ground so when he stuffed that first takedown I imagine that's when the panic really settled in for Miatik. Like, even if like Miatik got that, if Miatik got the first takedown and it still made out of round one,
0: would really have round two, him, into round it?
1: three. Getting that first takedown is the morale boost he would have needed to sort of like perform better. But it was stopping that first takedown was huge, and and then it just well, kind of like he not uh, only, um, fell apart a bit from there.
0: Yeah, he not only stopped, I don't know if it was the first takedown attempt, it might have been the second, but yeah. one of them, he not only stopped the takedown and sprawled it, but he ended up yeah. getting on top he, of him on his back and beating the crap out of him. Yes. And I just thought, psychologically, that's got to have been massive, yes. that not only that did was you it. get your main tool mm. of how everyone assumed you were going to win.
1: Me stuff, lost it psychologically, your, it's
0: true. bit. Took, yeah, took a bit too couple of real big shots. And i got to say, like Nganou, his all-round game just looks so much better. His yeah, boxing everything, it was, everything was much brilliant. more technical. His it's, takedown defence, everything just looks together.
1: Yeah. The I'd love to know who he's, been,
0: who he's been training he, with. I really would. If he continues like that, we're going to see him grounding, pounding
1: people unconscious. With yeah, all of his like, fights uh, vicious knockouts on the ground. But you saw it. When he took his back in that fight and started landing them shots, he was in a fight finishing position from a failed takedown. Like, so yeah. I think we're gonna see him evolve and he's the champion now. And there's gonna be better coaching him around him. And yeah, it's uh, it's super exciting actually.
0: If he Webbing yeah, because you could him imagine him doing what Khabib used to do where he just take guys down, lay on top yeah. of them and that just just pummel the crap out of him. Except his ground and panel will be gone, it was like six foot five whatever yeah. he is. You're just gonna eat people alive, and like from two and a half minutes into the first round, I just couldn't see how Stepe was gonna win the fight. Psychologically, yeah, exactly. I just thought he was gone. Um, mm. And and but I I I say that, and I I really do believe that. But I also believe that Francis Ngannou deserves so much credit for going away like he came into the ufc destroyed all these guys knocking people off their feet with his power there was all this hype and then he got stopped by a superior wrestler and someone who was a technical mma like a top high level mma fighter so he went away he could have just kind of just become another heavyweight who you know every couple of years gets a title shot but uh, you know just takes out heavyweight fights every year but he went away and he improved his craft he improved yep. his wrestling defense he improved his boxing technique his striking technique he improved his footwork massively and like I do think he deserves so much credit for that because he yep. could have just become another cuz he's got so much power yeah and he's got a age on his side like he could yep. have just become like another heavyweight and just you know got the money had taken some yep. big fights and then every now and again oh, i'll have a title fight because i'm on a three-fight win streak but he didn't he went away to to beat steve and to to be the better fighter last night like i really oh, i just watching that that ground and pound in that first he, round he's
1: continuing brutal. like with the progress like that he'll be unstoppable
0: well john Joneson is the one that everyone's talking about john jones francis and garner for me
1: that's the next john jones we'll be, does please. not want that fight
0: next John, John Jones, not yet. John else. Jones is a smart man. But, he needs um, to John
1: Jones is a else bit
0: else older, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. But like, John Jones needs to fight someone else at heavyweight first. He cannot is, go and fight Francis and Goddard. People were talking about when we
1: talk about John Jones, we're talking about GOAT status, greatest of all time, and that that is beyond weight classes. So, and because he, he very much is the GOAT, um, it's him. It's him or Khabib, really. I'm not. I don't yeah. really like this this goat debate much because there's so many variables to um, look at. But if we do have to pick one, it's either him or Khabib, right? Um, and you could say it's more John Jones because of how many title defenses he's had. Yeah. So really, it is John Jones. Okay. Um, but because of that, I'm saying like I actually want to see the Agarno fight now, whilst he's at his most dangerous. I want to see it now. Yeah. Like I don't want to see it when, when the playing field changes at all. You know. So yeah, yeah that's
0: I what I, want to I, I I agree, and I, I think it'd be a real fascinating fight. Like mm. just before the finish of the fight, um, Nganu nailed Stepe, and Stepe just looked like a deer in the headlights. He really looked rocked, yeah. and I thought that was going to be it. Then, and yeah. then, like ten seconds Stipe later, he he
1: Stepe showed he had, and yeah, he got knocked down. But he proved to the world he's got an incredible chin yeah, Cause like, true. he's like, well, he to, took he took he's take, to take one punch from that guy. He took punches like yeah, every punch he throws is a fight-ending punch from Engano. He's got an incredible chin on him, and it shouldn't yeah. be any knock to his confidence because absolutely something because he got really special about Ingano.
0: He got rocked, uh, Steve mm. by a left, and then Ingano went straight in, sort of grabbed him by the back of the head, smashed him with three quick punches. Like clean yeah. in the face, and then they kind of broke away, and then he knocks him out with the final punch. But like, mm-hmm. it technically took like five punches, two massive ones, to finally, you know, finish him. And look, Francis and for me, compared to what he did, look like say four or five fights ago, looks like yeah. a whole different fighter. Yeah. And um, if you watch after he knocks him out, he knocks him out with the left and he just hits him with a hammer fist, mate. And I look at that oh. hammer fist and I just think Dee you could break break his jaw with that, just with that. Yeah. Like just big, huge monster of a guy so, just down what's like so that
1: what's so scary about Nganu is that he does always follow up when it goes to the ground. Yeah, he finishes he sure, sure it's end, done. Then, they're always knocked out on their feet before they hit the floor. And often he gets two, three more punches in before the ref stops it. So like fighting Nganu is without without the scariest fight ever. Like there's nothing he's not, um, he's not slow face heavyweight face. as well.
0: You know, like the heavyweights sometimes they can be quite sluggish, can't they? But they've got yeah, power. Quick. Yeah. Like he is he's quick on his feet, he's but quick on it. This is
1: why I wanna see the John Jones fight now, because what what John Jones is so good because he's always got amazing strategy. And this guy is so dangerous. So I wanna see the strategy. I'm excited to see that. I wanna see what
0: yeah
1: how John Jones figures out to beat him. It's you know, so I well, wanna I, like, yeah, I, I agree. agree. I agree. I 100% cause,
0: agree.
1: Cause it's like John Jones is a physical specimen, was the longest reach in UFC history. Like that all played to his favour. And I used to put I used to put a lot of John Jones' wins down to like, Oh yeah, but he's just like a specimen. Like that will mm. used to, I used to say that. But actually now when I watch him I'm like, no. He's, yeah,
0: tactically, he's got he's,
1: he's, got, he's, got, he's got solid game loaded. plans for every opponent and takes him apart with his game plans. What his physical gifts are just something extra. Um, so I want to see this fight because I want to see how John Jones figures it out because you know he'll he'll have a game plan and he'll be excited to see that. And but you know with Ngano, one punch—that's all it takes. So it's super exciting. This is,
0: yeah, this is how John Jones and Engano match up. John Jones, thirty-three, and Garner's thirty-four. Yep. John Jones has had twenty-eight oh. fights, uh, and Garner's had nineteen. John Jones has won twenty-six. He's lost one, which was overturned, and yeah. he had another no contest. So technically, he you know he's unbeaten. Um, I
1: think now and to make
0: that fight. And Garner's had three losses. Um, and Garnus had twelve knockouts, but John Jones has had ten. But and Garner's also had four submissions to John Jones' yeah. six. They're both six yeah. foot four. John Jones has got an inch and a half reach advantage, Um, both orthodox. So, yeah, it, they match up uh, better than you'd think because John Jones is yeah. coming up away, You kind of assume that Nganu's going to, like, tower above him, like, height-wise. Yeah. They're quite evenly matched. John Jones has got that long-ranging reach, but... Yeah, I agree with you. That's the fight to make. Jon Jones has got to put up or shut up for me in terms of heavyweight. Look, for me, Jon Jones is the GOAT. He is the greatest MMA fighter of all time. But
1: Mm.
0: if he's going to go into the heavyweight division, do it. Like, stop talking about it now and just do it. Uh, What I do think is I just wonder whether they'll say, well, you can't just go straight for the title. Like Data White might sort of want him to have a they fight sh- first. If they can let Connor do and it for me, they can if let they John Jones do it. do it. Yeah, I think so. Like and the problem is like that he- you know, the heavyweight division, I John Jones takes all those guys apart for me. Um yeah. maybe like uh but then you put them up against the, you know a Derek Lewis, a Curtis Blades, these guys have got that power to knock people out. But like we just talked about John Jones tactically is a special talent. Like, he's always got a way of beating people. I say, just do it. Francis Ngannou versus uh, John Jones for the title. But um, I wonder if they might do Jones versus Stipe first, and then the winner gets Ngannou. Because, obviously, Stipe wants a rematch because they won all and do a trilogy. So, I do think that's going to be an option, is John Jones versus Stipe. How do you see... Do you think John Jones would beat Stipe? Stipe? Yes, yeah. I yep. do too. I think he beats him pretty snugly as well, which is mm-hmm. interesting because Stipe has been such a you know a, a fantastic champion, fantastic yeah. fighter over the years. But we both, who watch a lot of MMA, we both said straight away without much sort of consideration that we think John Jones coming up away would beat Stipe. Interesting, isn't it? Mm. Real interesting there. Yeah. Uh, Set of stuff, um, so we're gonna have a slightly shorter show this week, mate, which is uh, that'd be nice. But um, okay. before we do it, we're gonna do our okay. predictions for next week's UFC. Um, yeah. so I'm just gonna bring that up now. I'm sure there'll be some good fights. Um, so is that the next event? There's not, so the next event is not until the 10th of April, so there's no UFC next week, okay. So I'll tell you what, Rich, so I'll get your predictions for the, the 10th of April. One. So the yep. main event is uh, Darren Till versus Marvin Vittori.
1: Yep. Okay. Are you sure. got? Right. I'm just going to go like, I'm going to say Darren Till, TKO. Because he's a fight finisher.
0: Yeah, and, um, the co-main event um, And I said is... earlier that
1: it's going to be a kickboxing match and uh, Darren is going to TKM. I don't, I don't yeah. think it's going to be any flush knockout. I think it will, it'll will overwhelm him. But yeah, tough one.
0: It's going to be a good fight. The co-main event is a good one. Um, you've got friend of the show Arnold Allen, who uh, was a previous oh. guest, versus uh, Sadiq Yusuf in the co-main event. That is a fascinating fight. Uh, yeah. Sadiq Yusuf is 11 and one. Arnold Allen 16 and one. Arnold Allen on a bit of a tear. Uh, pretty much the same height, Sadiq is an inch higher, same weight, same reach. Oof, I'm gonna go for the British doubleheader win with Darren Tell and Arnold Allen picking up yep. the victories. But uh, who you got in Arnold Allen versus Sadiq Yusuf, mate?
1: Arnold Allen's gonna win on decision, and Darren Tell's gonna win by TKO.
0: Yeah, big yeah. cool. nice. I like it, mate. So, um, that's, um, that's us. We're done. But, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting stuff uh, over the next coming weeks. We've got a week off next week. We'll be here, but there's no UFC next week. Um, so, we'll think of something special to do. But uh, I know we've got uh, some incredible guests coming up. And um, in particular, we've got one next week. A certain UFC fighter. Um, I'm not going to announce it now, just because although it's been confirmed, I haven't spoken to him for a couple of weeks, so I'm going to wait. But um, all I can say is, it's a UFC fighter who's never been on the show before, and uh, he'll be on next week to join us for a chit chat. Uh, until then, you can check out all our other shows at youtube.com/slash Ace Podcast Nation. Follow Richard Moons on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Oh, you're not on Twitter, are you? Just Instagram? No, just Instagram, yeah. Follow Richard Damn. on Instagram. He deserves more followers than his brother, just to yeah. annoy him. Yeah,
1: you can check but, out um, the bear with two those shorts.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and then, joking. Yeah, the audio version of uh, all the other shows on uh, all the podcast platforms. Follow us on social media. Ace Podcast Nation, the place to be. But, uh, Richard, have you got any fights lined up for yourself, Med?
1: Uh I do, actually. got confirmed today. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. Um, uh, Johnny Brocklesby on Almighty Fighting Championships, 7th of August. So, yeah. Exciting. Of I'm glad, like, your, you know, been waiting. It? It's, like it's been slow. You know, this pandemic's put all the domestic shows on hold. Yeah. Um, I was very lucky to get a fight in August last year and that was an incredible experience because
0: um, of that whole drive
1: through the drive through show it was brand new it's like it's so, a fight to remember um, tell us about yeah, that show um, just
0: before we go mate those drive- okay. what was the for people who don't know like what's the premise of the drive through shows and
1: well like, what, so, um, what was it like basically so before the whole pandemic kicked off i was um due to fly out with um it, it's, it's, Crazy story, to be honest. So um, contenders were taking a, a UK team to fight in Florida. I know they still want to put it on, but um, that was scheduled for April last year. I was on the team UK along with teammates such as Alex Montanaghi, Jeru Shepherd. Do you know what I mean? And we we were at the show on February. We did like we signed this contracts, a big celebration, and we was all heading there, and it was it was big. So um, the pandemic put an end to that um and contenders do you know what i mean like that's a real the pandemics kicked everyone in teeth you know and um but it was a big ambitious project that contenders were doing um so what do they do do they wait until the government says you can do this and that um but no they were like quite defiant and they did um the only way they could see to do a show um was a drive-through mma show and what was quite special about it actually is is history they um they were the first sport and event back that had a crowd in attendance so um i think hmm. that could have been worldwide but it might have been worldwide actually but um yeah. definitely the first show in the uk that had any crowd attending their shows because the first sport's back was football because people need football and you got to distract the masses with something right but um yeah. they they don't watch mma as much but um so we have football back no crowds and then the first mma show yeah crowds so it was crazy it was it was banking a lot on the weather and it was a beautiful day fighting outdoors was quite an experience um my opponent has actually put the fight up on youtube if you want to watch it it's a loss for me but it's really a win because it's epic um so So it it was a mad experience
0: who was your opponent because i'll Uh, what i'll do is i'll um, i'll put a link in the
1: description Stefano Catagoli. Um, contenders haven't published the official footage yet. Um, you can watch it on Fight TV. Um, so if people really want to see the fight. Go on Fight TV, or you know, yeah. just type it in on YouTube. You'll find it. But um, yeah. But it basically, he it hits me with one hell of a knee. Uh, I'm kind of the co-main event, so it's night time by the time we're in there. Yeah. I get rocked with this humongous knee. It takes me off my feet, and then. Like, he, uh, I nearly cinch up an armbar. He comes into my guard trying to finish with ground and pound. And I'm really quick with, the, with my hips and my jiu-jitsu. So I saved my skin with just, like, superior jiu-jitsu. Like, I'm honest. I believe I'm the much better fighter. But not on that day. He was the better fighter on that day, and he won. But my striking's better. My grappling's better. I truly believe that. And on the day, he's the deserved winner. Um, But, yeah, it's mad. So he takes me off my feet with his knee. And it's the first time we've ever done a dry thru show. So I'm proper rocked and all I can hear is just car horns everyone going doop 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 doo. mm. and I'm like where the fuck am I? You know what I mean because it's pitch black. Yeah, There's car lights everywhere. And I'm rocked and I'm thinking am I am I in a road is there a car coming to hit me? So yeah. Jesus. It was incredible. It was one hell of an experience. So yeah, so it started off it was supposed to be was in Florida. Pandemic happens and then we're fighting in a uh, basically a giant car meet in Norwich. So yeah, it's a loss, but it was an incredible event. Happy to be a part of it. Um, and um, since that fight, I've been wanting to get back to it. I, there was a lot of recovery was needed because I took a big shot. So it's yeah. probably good that it was a, I couldn't get on any other shows. I don't want to sign with Cage Warriors, and Cage Warriors have been the only UK show putting shows on. But I I mentioned a bit about this last week, and the, it's not doing my brother a favour, so I ain't putting sign there. Um, and it's exciting now that... All the shows should be opening up, and hopefully, come June, the government sticks to the word, and we can d- start doing things again. And then I'll be back in there in August. So yeah, excited.
0: Like it, man. Exciting times. I've, I've worked a time.
1: so it's going to be an exciting. fight.
0: yeah, I think um now that everything's coming back to the normal, it's getting a bit exciting. Yeah. Yeah, getting yeah, ready to go, but um, yeah, <clears throat> so I've just had a text back from our guest next week, so I can announce so Um, so next week, me and Danny will be joined by UFC's fighter uh Reese McKee, which is going to be oh, a good one. Thank you. And uh, um,
1: what happened with Reese? Is he still signed?
0: Yeah, I think so, as far as yeah,
1: I know. yeah, because I, I saw some you know, you see so much crap on social media and you don't know yeah. what's fake news and what's not, but um, yeah, that's wicked.
0: Yeah, I look forward going to having for that yeah. yeah, it's gonna be a good one, and because there's no um, no fight card or anything to talk about, we'll have a good old chin wag and uh, get some get some. Maurice's uh, talk about his career and stuff. So, if you've got any questions mm. for Reese, you can send them to us at the usual place, either uh, any of our social media platforms or in the comments on YouTube or email us. Whatever you want to do, but uh, mm. send your questions in if you wish. Richard, as ever, thank you. But uh, most of all, can. mate, thank you for stepping in for Danny as he's swanning around the world. Yeah. He's uh, lazy and he could have joined.
1: sorry, si. si, I'll do it for you, but not for Danny. All
0: right. Well, that's it, mate. <laughs> the thing is, mate, right, what it comes down to is Danny could have done this show with us tonight. He could, you know, there's internet. He could have done it from America, yeah. but he's too busy eating
1: that's it and sleeping. Yeah.
0: That's what, mate. It's terrible. But, uh, yeah, there we go. Right. Cheers, mate appreciate so it I no soon. doubt we'll see you soon take, take it easy my friend awesome. bye, bye. champion welcome You're listening to Ace Podcast Nation, the hottest new podcast network and YouTube channel in the UK, featuring original series, top guests, expert analysts, and more. Check out facebook.com forward slash Ace Cast Nation for news on latest guests and shows. Watch every show in full at youtube.com forward slash Ace Podcast Nation. Sports Social Podcast Network.